0: The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 6:30 6:30 chat afternoon news and my partner is rocking out across the table from me abba announcing that they have written and recorded their first new song since they split in 1983
1: Oh, uh, the Swedish group uh, had nine number one hits in the UK between 1974 and 1980. They've sold hundreds of millions of records worldwide. Wide, wide, I'm so excited. They announced on Instagram that they have recorded two new songs for a project in which avatars of the band will perform. Music industry expert Eric Elper joins us now. Hi, Eric. Oh, hold on, Eric. We're having troubles here with our phone line. Hold on. There we go. Hi Eric. No, I'm going to put you back on hmm. hold. What's going on?
0: I don't know. I've never seen a big blue light yeah. before. No, I don't know if that's okay, a special. Okay, let's try it again. Sure.
1: Hi Eric. Oh. Okay, there's still something going on here, guys.
0: Well, we'll have to figure out our phone lines. We'll have to give it uh, and then, Eric. then we get
1: to do it again. Ugh. We'll get to try it all over again <laughs> here. Oh. Oh, there. Hi Hello? Eric. Huh?
2: Yeah, hey. Oh, hey. There you are. Sorry, I was just kidnapped by the Beatles. They wanted to make sure that uh, <laughs> that their record for most records sold still stood uh, as long as I don't talk about Abba.
0: Wait a minute. I thought Sven is what's his name? Sven Fear the the flutist doesn't I used to see ads late at night that he had sold more records than the Beatles.
2: I think I, I remember seeing Slim Whitman because they would say that he sold more that's records right. than the Beatles and Rolling Stones combined. And I'm thinking, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones never did an album together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> Very careful
2: wording. Eric, I have heard that you love ABBA. Oh, I am an bash ABBA fan. This was actually, they were the first concert I ever saw back in 1978 in Toronto. Um, and um, you know what? It, I'm a huge fan of the Beatles. So I think when you start to become a teenager and you think, oh, you know what? Maybe the music that I grew up on wasn't so cool. And then it doesn't become cool to like the Bee Gees and <laughs> Neil Diamond and ABBA. And then sooner or later, it all comes around again. And I think not only is this a really great thing, I think, for ABBA and all their millions of fans around the world. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see because I know that the ent- entire entertainment industry is going to take a look at this and say, if this works, <laughs> there's no reason why we couldn't do this with Harry Potter and Star Wars and Buddy Holly and have these avatars go out on the road instead of the band. While oh, the band is sitting at so home. so what, what does that and even like, how mean? How is this going to work? Okay, so what's going to happen is they're going to put a chip inside your head when you're born. No. Um, <laughs> what, what really is going to happen is that they're going to combine avatars, 3D, and artificial intelligence, and they're going to make this into like a giant IMAX-like concert concert. Um, spectacle perhaps with a side of a museum or a traveling roadshow of memorabilia and all of this is going to be in conjunction with a two-hour ABBA special that is going to be airing later this year um, on uh, American networks and Canadian networks as well so it's a giant celebration really but the part of it is it's an avatar tour project that they The band got together for one of the very few times, all sitting in a room, pretty civilized, um, and then this idea came up on, well, how do we do this if we don't want to go back on the road again? And thanks to technology, we now have our answer.
1: Didn't they say that they would never, ever get back together, never do uh, music together again? Was it that nasty of a breakup, or were they just done with each other?
2: It's probably what our worst nightmares are <laughs> if we were in Fleetwood Mac times 10 because you couldn't even like with with ABBA because there were two couples two married couples in the band the women couldn't go out they were bombarded they were just harassed they had paparazzi all over them and the two guys who were the the songwriters Benny and Bjorn they were just happy to sit in a hotel room writing songs all the time so it just became this this very tiny bubble that they live the world, and meanwhile they're looking at their bank accounts, going, "How is it that we have hundreds of millions of dollars, but yet we're so miserable?" And I think that that's exactly what happened. And uh, and then um, a couple of projects came along, and one of them happened to be the idea of a stage show called Mamma Mia. And they said yes, and that just basically exploded. Right now there's, you know, 60 million people that have seen the stage performance of Mamma Mia in over 400 cities, which is astounding when you think about it.
0: Yeah, I think hair was bigger. Anyway, uh...
2: (laughs) My hair was longer. Yeah,
0: exactly. So just to clarify this point, because I'll tell you what I thought when I saw the story. I thought, well, that finally answers the question, when will ABBA run out of money? That's what I thought this was, because <laughs> uh, what else would get the four of them together again? So they did get together again in order to produce or
2: write new songs, but they're, just to be clear, they're not actually going anywhere. This is They're not gonna go anywhere. And actually, I'll, I'll debate with you on the first point. They still have lots of money. I don't even think it's, it's possible to, to spend that much. But I'll <laughs> tell you what I think it is, though it's the legacy Uh. and you always want to leave something and no matter how many artists that i hang out with and work with even ones that have sold millions of copies in this country alone they're still very worried about how they're going to be remembered long after they're on this planet and i think that this kind of solidifies it because if you take a look at things like google searches music streaming searches Artists like Elvis Presley and the Beatles, you you can't take something away from them at all. But they're kind of dropping in terms of popularity. It has to. You know, the Beatles were around as close to our generation right now as when we were growing up to 1920 and we would never listen to 1920s. So how can we expect our kids to sit and listen to Yesterday or, you know, Magical Mystery Tour? So I think a lot of these artists are thinking, you know, after we're kind of too old, Who's going to be the next generation that keeps this music alive? And this is one of the ways of doing it and using technology to go around the world while they're just kind of hanging out.
1: Or it's just trying to erase the memory of Pierce Brosnan singing in Mamma Mia. (laughs) It could be that.
2: I don't think any stage show might be able to do that, though. So. But, but, yeah, you know, like, even that, even, you know, I, I, I remember talking to a publicist who, you know, worked alongside somebody like Meryl Streep, and, and she was saying that, you know, long after Meryl Streep is gone, like, that's going to be the one thing that she's probably going to be remembered for the most is being in Mamma Mia!,
0: uh, uh, I loved her in Mamma Mia. Yeah, I Pierce Brosnan, well. not so much, but I yeah. love Meryl. Was there ever any talk, because Mamma Mia? Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Mamma Mia, and I'm not sure who you are, <laughs> um, I, I don't think we determine who the father is in Mamma Mia. So I always wondered if there wasn't a sequel. You would think, with its popularity and success, that there would at least be chatter about doing a sequel.
2: Well, you know what? You're absolutely in luck. There is actually a movie that was directed. Um, by um, Richard Curtis, and it's called Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, <laughs> and it's a sequel to 2008 that you might have missed. Um, uh, I, by guess the stars I did. Meryl Streep and Amanda uh, again, and everybody else is in, it, is in it. It didn't do so well in relation to, to the first one, but I think it kind of came out, and then it kind of disappeared quickly afterwards. Are you kidding Are me? Are you There's joking? No, you're joking, no, Mama really. Mia? Who knew that? Yeah. It's it, it scheduled to be. It, it, it was scheduled to be released um, in July. Now I'm looking at it, and it's July the 20th, 2018. Ten years to the month to the original film release. So we're finally, finally, you can go to sleep at night knowing who the father is, or maybe you don't.
0: Mm. Oh, ew, there's a little bit of a tease.
2: Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. Eric, what do
1: you think when you when you look back at uh, Abba and? What kind of impact? What kind of impact did they have on the on the music scene at that time?
2: I can tell you that they probably felt really good knowing that goofy clothing was back <laughs> in again for a long time. Um, there was a time, and I, and I, and I tried to find it beforehand, but I remember seeing something like. In the 1970s, they were, ABBA was responsible for something like 11% of the gross national product of Sweden. Wow. That's how mm. many albums they were selling. And I think that what they were doing was, and what they did really well, was, it brought disco music out to a whole new batch of people who didn't even realize that they loved it because they were so heavily influenced by the Beatles and the pop Beatles rather than the psychedelic Beatles. They were fun, they were young, they were good looking, they were energetic, their videos were moderately decent for the time, Um, but the fact that You know, here we are, you know, 35, almost 40 years after, you know, they kind of broke and first started. Dancing Queen is still heard at every wedding and bar and bat mitzvah that I've ever been to. And it's just one of those things where they were just finely crafted pop tunes. The songs were so memorable that they just had the idea that, You know, the verses should be better than most people's choruses, (laughs) and the choruses should be double of what most people's choruses are. So they wrote really great songs, and... uh Toward the world, really, and, and just really added that kind of extra oomph to a pretty dreary time in pop music when, you know, if you if you like punk music, you hated disco. If you hated disco, you hated, <sighs> you hated these guys. But there was just something about the fact that ABBA was just so popular so soon, so fast.
0: The Super it, Trooper album. I just loved. Oh, I can't even believe you can name an album. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I can oh, see. I, I can thought, name, look, I look, look what they did. Them, yeah. Yeah. Look, well, I mean, look what they oh, did oh, for okay, Spandex what? and Bedazzlers alone. I mean,. <laughs>
2: I'll tell you what really did it for me with, with them. was Because, you know, sometimes you take a look at, at a band and you think, we're, we are never going to listen to Duran Duran again. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, like, 10 years ago, it was like, wow, you know what? These guys are selling out arenas yeah. again. Because we've mm. all grown up. We have disposable income. We still like to have a good time out. I saw R.E.M. in concert, probably at the time, the hippest, coolest band out there. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, influencing Nirvana and, and all of these bands. They did um, Does Your Mother Know by ABBA. Oh, my gosh. And it was good. And that's when I knew that it was okay to like pop music. And it was, you know, R.E.M. didn't grow up listening to the Beatles. They grew up listening to Yummy, Yummy, I've Got Love in My Tummy and Sugar, Sugar. And, and it's not even a guilty pleasure anymore because we all have, you know, not necessarily iPods anymore, but we can create our own Spotify playlists or or. Play this on on any of these, you know, music streaming services that a lot of people are using, and there's no guilt anymore. So I think it people kind of came out of the closet, so to speak, and said, "Yeah, like it's okay to kind of be goofy and dance around to voulez beau.
0: You know, it's interesting. I read an article one time. Didn't even think about this when we started this conversation, but I read an article one time, and it was about the top twenty tunes um, that you know the words to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the article was called The Top 20 Annoying Tunes mm. that you know the words to. And ABBA was on two or three of those. <laughs> I, I, and so I wonder...
1: And probably my Neil Diamond and Sweet Caroline, yes, right? Yes, there was. There was sorry, right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Other than "Ba Ba Ba."
0: Yeah. Exactly. So I'm curious how other bands at the time perceived ABBA. Or was everybody doing, you know, s- simpler, catchy... Uh, tunes and and, um, lyrics?
2: I think it's really difficult. And I know that artists and bands know this. It's really difficult to write a a three-and-a-half-minute pop song to get the world to sing. I think it's really easy to write a 17-minute song like Jethro Tull. Mm -hmm. And not to take anything away from the prog rock band of the 70s, but I think when you have only three and a half minutes to tell your story to make it universal to connect with people and to be and to have it hummable Mm -hmm. is a really tough thing to have Mm -hmm. in fact only a couple of years ago there was a study that they took a look at what makes a song feel good and these were the happiest songs they were the songs that uplifted and made people happy and thrilling and they looked at the musical theme and the musical key and the tempo and the lyrics Queens Don't Stop Me Now was number one. Dancing Queen by ABBA was number two. And they had something like four songs in the top 20. I think that they just hit this brain pattern in all of us, not to be depressing, which is so strange, considering how depressing and going through divorce and going through heartbreak and breaking up that the four of them had to do together. But meanwhile, they're writing all these glorious pop songs.
1: So will the new songs be as glorious? Yes,
2: I I hope so. My biggest worry isn't the isn't so much of the fact that are they good. My biggest worry is what I have. A- worrying about in 2018 for any artist these days, is how do you make something stick? Mm-hmm. You know, when the Beatles got back together again um, during the anthology release a number of years ago, they took John Lennon's vocal for a song called Free as a Bird, and the three remaining Beatles got together and released this, and it was the second coming of the greatest band <laughs> in history. It sold millions of copies, it did really well, but you never hear about it mm-hmm. anymore. Now, with our short attention spans, with so much releases, with so little time to actually consider music and entertainment, my biggest fear is that they're going to release this on a Friday. Everybody's going to be talking about it, and by Monday, we're just going to go to mm. the new Kanye West.
0: Tweet. Yeah, yeah, it's the nature of the beast these days. Uh, before we let you go, Eric, I got to tell you my guilty pleasure. Then, or I don't even know if I could describe it as a guilty pleasure. But
1: that he wants to dress as no, Abba for Halloween. Not, that is not. Eric, ever, I've been trying for years to never, b- to ever. get him and our. You spouses. Go put the video camera
0: in yep. the That's never spouses going to happen. Our spouses and, and no, dress up as Abba. I would rather get divorced <laughs> than agree to that for some. You could be
2: like Abba. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was in Las Vegas and uh, looking for a show, and you know, it's the it's the center of uh, the entertainment universe, and yet it feels sure. like you run out of shows after two trips. So my wife dragged me to Mamma Mia. Oh yeah. And uh, front row, Mamma Mia, right by the orchestra pit, uh, dropped back two stiff drinks beforehand because. It it was like I don't know what's going to get me through this, and it was the Great. best night ever. That the, the, you're right. The music's so uplifting, and it's yeah. And I mean, people in the audience get into and it. How and how many dance. times that's, have
2: you seen it since?
0: I've seen it three times since. Thank you. That's yeah.
2: exactly what it is. Even if you are so, um, even if you're so tight, even if you're so rigid, even if you're like I'm not going to enjoy this, <laughs> just take a look around and look at how many people. Are dancing yeah. like nobody's watching and singing like nobody's <laughs> hearing and all of that stuff and you just can't help realize that this is what seeing a live show in a concert is all about. It's yeah. part of that it's part of that community spirit, really. Eric, uh, we're going to dial you
1: up again once those tunes come out and mm-hmm. we'll have another conversation. Want to thank you for joining us on this uh, Friday afternoon, music industry expert Eric Alper. Thank you so much.
2: I'll uh, be happy to talk to you, both. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Will I ever-
1: So when Eric was talking about the songs that you know all the lyrics and make you feel good, this was number one on the list. "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen, and it's just—it's one of my favorite all-time tunes. But I'm a Queen wow. fan as well.
0: If Freddie, Freddie Mercury it, was up such a showman. Yeah, oh. oh yeah, yeah. Did the Eagles make our list of, from not, listeners? Of, not yet. No, not yet. But I, I suppose. But it they're will now. still
1: together. Although I think someone died recently. Didn't?
0: Didn't? They? Didn't? Died. Freddie Mercury die? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be...
1: But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that,
0: that would... Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I was thinking for a while there that the eagles were all still together and then just yeah, my yeah, head yeah, that yeah, someone no, died. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, yeah. Wow. Uh, Hey, listen. Who was it it that just died? I don't know. Do you want to Google it while I talk? No, it's okay. All right. Um, I mentioned uh, we're going to get into the big blue folder, and this one I uh, I teed up and teased. So I thought you'd find it interesting, uh, Jayla and I, for sure. So it was a a study by YouGov. They're a site I go to to look at uh, surveys that have been taken, and sometimes Mm -hmm. I pick a cherry like this one. They surveyed 2011 children between the ages of 6 and 18, so young adults. And what they did was they gave them pictures of uh, technology. They gave them pictures of things and said, do you know what it is? And then they recorded how many uh, successfully and accurately described what it was. Um, They did a rotary phone. Uh, 5% of those surveyed did not know what it was. Okay. So not bad. A disposable camera. 9% did not know what it was. A postcard. 23% did not know what it was, identifying it as simply a picture. Um, A record player, Mm. 26% of the kids did not know what it was. A typewriter, a manual typewriter. Also, uh, 27% did not know what it was. And then it starts getting really bad. (laughs) Videotape, 37% had no idea what a videotape was. A cassette tape. 40% didn't know what it was. A floppy disk, 67% didn't know what it was. But here's an interesting side note to it. Several of them identified it as what they thought was a shortcut for the save button uh, printed on a 3D printer. They didn't know. You know when you go to save something, yes. it shows a little yeah, floppy yeah. disk? Oh, yeah. Right. So, But that's an actual floppy disk. So all these kids know that that's the save symbol, but they didn't know it's based on okay. something that actually existed at one time. Remember in school, an overhead projector? Yes. Remember those? Uh-huh. And the teacher would write uh-huh. on it and then move it around. Uh-huh. And 71% had no idea what it was. And finally, they showed them a picture of a pager. had no idea what it was. Pagers. Remember pagers?
1: Absolutely. And
0: we thought it was the greatest piece of technology. Uh. No matter where you are, so you can it, and do you remember the the before they went out of style? Before cell phones were a thing, you could get messages yeah, on yeah. them. Oh, yeah. You could you know do all you could read them. Do you yeah. remember
1: cassette tapes though? Did oh, you make sure. you know? Did you make cassette tapes of and make course. them for your girlfriends and no no
0: no 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 no, oh. no. I was too dedicated to my school work to be doing yeah. stuff like that. But
1: Tim Lawrence used to make me uh, cassette tapes. He was a boyfriend in, in, Aww, in high that's school. So sweet. Yeah.
0: Do you know what? And uh, he would
1: write all the titles in yeah. non capitals. Yeah,
0: well, you have to get the little case. stickers out because you could write on that yeah. and then stick them to the cassette. Then that's what, of course, jammed your cassette player. Um, kids today will never drive along the roads and see miles of cassette tape coiled up <laughs> next to the curb. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jay Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.